Hi, my name's Paul Carr, and this is Podcast 16. Uh, I had this published a little while ago. It's uh, A Liberal Goes Pig Hunting. So, uh, yeah. So I taught fifth grade for about 300 years. I'm 64, so this obviously is a while ago. And into year one and three quarters of my retirement. And for some reason, I keep on hearing from former students. By all political assessments, I'm a Bernie Sanders progressive. Grew up in the rolling tree-infested hills of Connecticut, but taught mostly in the Latino hamlet outside of Monterey, California. Also, I did teaching stints in Western Samoa, Peace Corps, Science, Korea, college-level English, in England. I did teacher training. Anywho, I can't say I grew up with guns, a constant or a, a highly focused point of life in any way, but I did buy, through the mail, a 36 caliber black powder percussion cap 1851 brass frame Navy revolver. It was 1999. When I was 18, I bought it. And I still have it. And I will add, it's a bitch to clean. A friend and I would tromp the woods of Connecticut and shoot until dead the occasional abandoned rusty 50-gallon oil drum which crossed our path. Uh, I've fired a friend's 22 and a shotgun once or twice, and to be honest, that was it for gun exposure. Uh, about six years ago, for the hell of it, I ambled into a local gun shop, just snooping on a foggy Saturday close to the coffee shop I habituated. The owner had a friendly, nearly blind dog on the floor. I always wanted a lever action 30-30, just thought they were cool. Perhaps it was from watching The Rifleman on TV as a kid in the 60s. So I started the process to buy a Marlin 336. Unbeknownst to me and behind me, a former student DJ walked in and he said, well, I always thought you were a cool teacher and now I think you're even cooler. He is a great kid with a wonderful family. They owned a circus in Florida once upon a financial adventure. No BS. As a kid, he'd showed the class plenty of photos to prove it. And he'd been my student 14 years previously, so he was 24. Hey, we got to go hunting sometime, he said. Sure, I replied. And I meant it. My policy has always been if a student reaches out, I reach back. Which is probably why I got subpoenaed to testify in the penalty phase of the Aurora, Colorado Batman theater shooting. That shooter happened to be a fifth grader of mine, quite sadly. Um, another student of mine, and a favorite, I'll admit, got a life sentence at age 13 with nine attempted murders. Long story for another time, perhaps, which actually I have done two podcasts on him. Um, I visited him for two years, almost three, uh, nearly every month in level four maximum security in Salinas Valley State Prison. He was clad in chains at the ankles and waist and cuffed behind his back, and he had neck-to-collarbone Chinese tattoos for a visual dessert. Not the way I remembered him as a fifth grader. <clears throat> we played one game of chess through the mail just shy of three years. <laughs> I won. Point being, in my book, A Teacher's Connection with Kids doesn't conclude at 345 or in June. For me, it goes to the end. Uh, when I'm planted, I hope some kids will say, you know, he was a pretty good guy. So, 
DJ and I started conversing via text. The years flew, and all of a sudden, he's 30. He's a park ranger, he's married, he's got a kid. Uh, we had lunch a couple of times over the years. Mr. K, he said with the same enthusiastic energy, filled smile he wore in fifth grade. Really? Come on. We got to go hunting. Have you ever been pig hunting? And I replied, the only thing I ever hunted was butterflies, and they mostly flitted away. Well, he pushed the point. What about a pig hunt? I'm going later this year in March with a good friend and his dad. You should come. And I replied, I don't know anything about pig hunting. Diddly squat. And he said, do you have a rifle? And I said, I bought a 30-30 that day. You saw me in the gun shop. Embarrassed to say, I never fired it. Well, fire it and let me put a good scope on it. <clears throat> Soon thereafter, I did fire it a few times. We met at the local shooting range at Laguna Seca in Salinas. And he brought his Tyrannosaurus killing 308 and sighted in my rifle at 100 yards. Plus, he loaned me a kick-ass scope. When we're done pig shooting, he said, you can give me back the scope. 100 yards is pretty far in my book. And here was a kiddo that I had taught 20 years ago, and he's taking care of me like a mother hen. He knows guns. He knows ammo. He knows hunting. When I fired at the target 300 feet down the range, it was pretty exciting. The explosion of the rifle reverberated. You got to wear ear and eye protection, by the way. The rifle kicked back into my shoulder, left shoulder in my case, because I'm a lefty. So I got to lever action and eject the bullet casing past my face, which I'll admit I liked, both the levering and the ejection. Since it kicked back so hard, I have to make sure the scope doesn't punch my eye, or I'll get a black eye, if lucky. Otherwise, significant eye damage if not. But that means for a few seconds, I can't see where I shot, which is kind of cool because then you have to refocus on the target. You look through your scope and you go, did I even hit that sucker? Mamacita, oh baby Jesus, I hit the orange in the dead center. A liberal was hooked. Months and many, many 30-30 shots later, I found my old bones heading to a 14,000-acre ranch in the oak tree-speckled hills of Coalinga in the middle of Nowheresville, 50 miles south of Monterey as the crow flies. Our entourage comprised of four of us. My student, DJ, his work pal, M, M's dad, R, and my antiquated self. Those guys lived hunting. M had a $2,500 rifle, light as a feather, with a scope that cost another $2,500. R, the dad, had a muzzle-loading 45 caliber rifle. Father and son fished and hunted together, and the three pros were encased in camo gear and carried other appropriate effective life hunting accoutrements like packs, expendable tripods, extendable tripods for steadying a rifle for long shots, binoculars which could detect the pubic hairs on a cockroach at a mile, windage devices, and distance calculators. Magic stuff. All magic stuff. The father, a devoted cigarette smoker and Alex Jones aficionado, was a couple years younger than me. 
He still worked as a union pipe fitter. He complained about the Dems and tried to air more than a few conspiracy theories. His son, M, continuously exerted a calm resolve I've always envied. He'd say time and time again, Hey, Dad, we agreed. No Alex Jones. No Alex Jones. That stifled the Alex Jones rants mostly, but not the cigarettes. <clears throat> we had paid for guided hunts Friday through Sunday. That included a heated cabin, a shower, which to be honest was unusable because of the nasty sulfur in the water, ATV guide-driven ATVs, and a heck of a lot of walking. The most I've done in years, and I am a walker. I'd been the good little green clueless hunting novice and taken my two-day hunting course. I passed my California state hunting test, 94%, and you needed 80% to pass. Actually, I learned a lot in that course, and I liked it. I had paid for my pig tag. In order to shoot a pig in California, you need a license and a tag. You kill the pig, place the tag on the carcass, and record and report the kill ASAP to a local game warden. My further attempt at joining the Brotherhood of Hunters started earlier with the purchase of a camo jacket. I scotch-guarded the hell out of it and did the same for my boots. <coughs> to be honest, some apprehension consumed me. One, I didn't want to be an old fool in front of a student who revered me once upon a time. And the hair on the back of my neck tingled at the thought of being around people with loaded weapons. Therefore, I had some mantras. One, do not shoot anyone. Two, do not get shot. Three, do not miss shooting the piggy wiggy when the chance comes. Four, don't be a moron. Don't be a moron. And just to have it embedded deeply, don't be a moron. Weather was not on our side comfort-wise. It rained off and on. Some came out now and then. Our guides shepherded us into a monster Ford truck with our hunting gear and hopes. At a nearby ranch, we separated into two groups. My student DJ and my antiquity in group one, father and son in the other. Father and son got in a quad. DJ and I got to sit on the back of ATVs, rifles slung over our shoulders. Well, actually, a rifle slung over his shoulder because I, the green, clueless novice had moroned. I had not bought a rifle sling, a basic for any hunter with a modicum of a clue. <coughs> the rest being I had to the result being I had to hold on to an ATV with one paw and the rifle with the other. Moron. I'd also greatly moroned even earlier. That telescopic sight the DJ had so patiently sighted in for me had come loose at the brackets which held it. He had told me, use one drop of this magic liquid called Loctite. Put them on the scope screws. I had, but there were two sets of screws. One set held the scope itself. The other set held a mounting rail to the scope. And I failed to use Loctite on those screws. The scope banged around and was useless now as it was no longer sighted properly. And so I understood what a fifth grader felt like when they had instructions that they didn't understand. I, no, no, DJ, had to take off the scope. So the three professionals had telescopic sights for distance shooting 
And I only had the sights on the rifle itself called iron sights. Oh, I learned that in my two-day hunting course. Translation, I had to shoot real close now. And the wonderful thing from those three, not a complaint, not a murmur, not a bit of grief given to me for being a moron. Day one, we're driving uphill and down dale on our ATVs or quads. We spotted golden eagles, mountain lion killed deer, lots and lots of deer, turkeys, quail, and cows. We'd stop at high points and everyone took out binoculars scanning the hills under oaks trying to differentiate between cows and deer and pigs. One guide was the 14-year-old grandson of a guide. The kid knew his stuff, great eyes. At the crest of a hill, all of us on foot, he scooted down and pointed. A group of pigs rooted beneath a clump of oaks. We squatted downwind. Now, I'd read as much as I could about pigs and YouTube the heck out of this subject. The guys also confirmed pigs don't see well, they hear superbly, and they smell even better. As for our pigs, another ATV in a different group spooked some cows nearby, and that made our pigs fly. And fly they did. Their colors surprised me, orange, blonde, and a few all-black ones. No chance for any of us even to get off a shop and I would not even consider shooting unless told to. I added another mantra, don't shoot cows. The guide had shared horror stories of hunters making errors, a thousand dollar error at least. During hilltop binocular scannings, the guides exchanged stories, mostly hunting some politics. The main guide was a school resource officer, pretty quiet most of the time, but if he spoke, it bore listening to. Uh, I asked, any crazy stuff the hunters ever do? He put his binoculars down. Oh yeah, I can tell when the guys come in because they have fancy new tech, expensive toys, never used them before, still shiny in AR-15s. I had a bunch of Syrian restaurant owners come in from Santa Barbara. I left them alone for two seconds. They ran into some pigs, and it sounded like Afghanistan. They completely unloaded every bullet they had. You guys pay 700 bucks for all of this, right? That's for one pig. They had to pay for every pig they shot. It was a big-ass check. But their shooting wasn't safe. I had to knock guns out of the hunters' arms. I thought they'd kill someone. So I asked, well, hey, well, what happens if I shoot a pig and another one is behind it? You have to know what you're shooting. You hit two, you pay for a second pig. What does a second pig cost? 350 bucks, he said. Addendum mantra, I thought. Only shoot one damn pig. DJ had asked me to bring a chess set, so I did. He said he hadn't played in years, and we each brought our own food. I brought a container of Trader Joe's dark chocolate dunkers, a full-length salami sandwich from Compagnos in Monterey by the Defense Language Institute, a bunch of liquefied yogurts, a ton of banana chips, dried cranberries, apples, and tangerines. They brought real food, burgers, buns, ketchup, mustard, hot, hot hog sausage that DJ shot the year before. <clears throat> they were suction, shrink-wrapped, and labeled pork, Spicy Sausage DJ on the wrapper. Another group of hunters showed up in the only other cabin. Two guys from Bakersfield. 
DJ informed me, the hunting custom demanded that after we shot our hogs and these amateurs didn't, we'd get to put our hogs' balls on their cabin door. Also, since it was my first pig, I had a choice. Either drink the blood or take a chomp out of his heart. I thought, oh, joyous, homey customs. I replied, you guys ever heard of trichinosis? Your choice, DJ said. Blood or the heart, only a little bite. The three of them had a glimmer in their eyes. I added, you guys ever see the movie Apocalypto? The dad hadn't. M had. Great movie, he said. You gotta see it. Well, I bring it up because one poor green virgin goes on a hunt with these guys and the group kills a peccary and the poor schmuck has to eat the balls. M didn't say anything. We played chess, ate our food. DJ brought a big-ass jug of whiskey from Costco. Surprisingly, R&M didn't want any. That made me happy as I wondered if alcohol would be involved in the hunting before I had even gone. My inner voice felt maybe R had a drinking problem and he didn't want to tickle it. And M, being a good son, would not encourage that issue. But I was the moron with no rifle strap and no scope, so my ability to perceive things correctly left much to be desired. And perhaps these two were just smart, responsible, ethical hunters. Alcohol and guns don't mix. DJ and I drank a little, very little, to be honest. In that rustic, primitive cabin, a propane heater kept us warm. Bunk beds had been constructed with two-by-fours, thick mattresses on each. A sinkless kitchen counter held a microwave and a Keurig coffee maker, minus the plastic coffee pods. Next day, frost crystallized the, gro- the, the ground. It's cold but sunny, and I've dressed appropriately from the start. Thermal heat-absorbing t-shirt, denim shirt, cotton high-collar sweatshirt, camo, remember, scotch-guarded, a hooded jacket topped with a thick down vest. The liberal virgin might be gored to death, crushed in an overturn, ATV accident, or shot accidentally, perhaps intentionally, but he wasn't going to succumb to the cold, so he thought. We drove, walked, and peed in the hills. No pigs. Following morning, our guides picked us up and we ATV'd it again up the hills, and the mud was as thick as potato soup. When we walked, and we walked El Mucho, the mud picked up any straw. Then the straw picked up mud. Our feet became entombed, doubled, and tripled their normal size. Reminded me of World War II pictures of German soldiers fighting in Stalingrad. Their feet were encased in felt, fur, and rags. It just, it was, their, the footwear was massive. And when, when we stopped, wherever we could, we scraped our boots with rocks, outcroppings, trees, or stumps. Once in a while, we'd just snap our feet rapidly and mud would fly off. When we rode the ATVs, mud speckled our faces, jackets, and accumulated to ankle level. Hey, no biggie. We're pig hunting. Lunch comes and goes, and we keep up the hunt. Fortunately, the sun smiles on us, and we seem to follow. But nasty water-laden clouds in the valley to the west are pouring like oceanic squalls and pushing our way. As we rise to 3,400 feet, the temperature dips. But truly, it's crisp and magnificent. Our guide spies a troop of pigs, maybe a mile north on a ridge. Three ridges away, I look and see nothing. DJ sees them and gets all fired up. 
What's the plan? He asks our guide. We ATV up above him. We hike down the parallel ridge with the wind in our faces. DJ smiles as we jump behind our drivers. I can't believe our guides don't wear gloves. The sun is starting to go down and with it comes rain. I put my face down, attempting to let my Indiana Jones hat take the brunt of the rain. It cuts the rain on my face, but the wide brim catches the water and directs a cold, heavy stream to my thighs, all the way to my ankles. Eventually, we stop. DJ looks at me. You can chamber a bullet now, Mr. K. I smile and do so. He asks me, safety on? Yes, I reply. We barrel ass down a steep oak-treed ridge and implement the plan. We've arrived on a parallel ridge. The guide on my right and I stare at the next ridge. It's maybe 200 yards away. We see nothing. DJ is on my left. All of a sudden, he hits the ground. He motions with his finger to his lips, and he points just below our feet. The guide drops to a squat. I do the same. DJ says, Jesus, they're right underneath us. 120 feet below at a 45 degree angle, four or five hogs are rooting. An oak tree hides most of them. See the big black one, DJ asks? You shoot him. I click the safety off, stand and aim. In hunting class, the main point about shooting a pig was always shoot it broadside, either behind the ear or super low behind the front leg. The pig keeps on moving. I assume DJ is sighting on a different pig. My pig faces me, but he doesn't see me. Keeps on moving, I whisper. You shoot when ready, DJ whispers back. I fire and don't see an impact. I don't hear it squeal. I don't see it spin or hit the ground. In fact, just the opposite. The pigs, and there are a bunch of them, perhaps eight or nine, fly to the left. I fire off another shot. DJ fires, and the guide tells me to stop. You don't want to wound them, he says. The gods clearly display the displeasure at my inaccuracy. The sun is fading, and it starts to snow. We have to look for blood trails. We each got to do circles, the guide tells us and adds. Unload your guns. We separate a bit. Closest circle goes to the guide. I get the next circle. DJ gets the farthest circle. We are looking for blood or guts and listening. Sun is dropping. Snow is collecting on the ground. I'm not super happy as we're crawling on our hands and knees through small trails in the bush. We yell to each other to keep in contact and each is hoping he doesn't come eyeball to eyeball with tusks. The snow is heavy now. Monster for lakes. I know snow. I'm from Connecticut. This stuff kills you when you're wet. And I'm wet. I'm soaked. It's almost dark. Any signs, anybody, the guide yells. Nope. Nope. We fit uphill and banter. DJ says, that's the first time I ever missed. My scope was set for 200 yards. But there's no blame or meanness in him. He wanted me to get a hog almost more than I did. Yeah, I said, that's the first time I ever missed, too. DJ laughs as we climb up the ridge, not cold at all due to excitement and burning calories on these steep inclines. The ground is white and getting wider. Guide says, damn copper ammo. You fired copper, right? Yeah, I, I thought I had to, I replied. You can't use lead, right? Correct, says DJ. We have to. Golden eagles and such. Guide continued, with copper bullets, sometimes it goes right through them. You can't tell. Lead flattens out, really hammers them with a big hole. We're quiet the rest of the way up. 
It's almost dark. It's a good 20 to 30 minute ride back down to level ground. The snow has changed to rain as we drop altitude. I'm colder than heck, but not shivering at least. That's good. Pretty happy, actually. I'll probably go again. On my way home with the guys, I had to listen to Alex Jones. I couldn't do it. Can't expect too much from a liberal all at once anyway. So that's the my liberal goes hunting story. So, uh, yeah, never, never went again. Uh, it's a few years ago. Uh, DJ and I do this and that. Um, he, I did a podcast 15. He just went to uh, Poland and Ukraine for a six week tour as a volunteer. That's pretty interesting. Um, so anyway, uh, thank you very much. I'm Paul Carr. And that is that.